and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takes by fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Thursday, folks, and we still got some film we want to kind of check out. Uh, you know, once again, just trying to figure out the right play for the Super Bowl. So we'll re-update the line today, see if it's moved any, if it got to five, folks. Can y'all please start betting the Rams minus four and a half so it can go to five, give us the better value? We've given y'all so much great value and advice betting uh, over the last year and a half y'all can't do me a favor and give me an extra half a point boost here for the Super Bowl come on all right so we'll see what the line is we'll watch Joe Burrow's best statistical game this season we'll try to fit in Matthew Stafford's best statistical game this season see how those offenses were looking during those games and seeing if it makes it any more clear on who we should be betting to uh, this coming Sunday. I mean, man, oh man, it is coming up quick, folks. I cannot wait for it. Sheesh. Uh, so we got that today on the show and then breaking down the NBA, folks. And man, oh man, again, three straight days, folks. We are eight for eight over the last three days. Do y'all not understand? We have our finger on the pulse, folks. We now understand this NBA betting landscape a hundred percent, folks. Come on. And folks, there's just so much to talk about with the NBA. So let's not try to get overboard. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's take it slow. Let's take it, you know, game by game because there's I don't understand I don't know what Vegas is thinking they got to be losing so much money because these spreads that they're putting out there it just makes no sense to us but once again we'll cash in we've got no problem folks that's what we do here on the show as basically what we do on the show folks we find the value and we cash out on the value we know what disrespectful value is folks we we prove it almost every single day here so all right so, yeah, let's just get right into it, folks. So let's start with the NBA, then we will transition to the NFL. But uh, before we jump into any NBA games from last night, we did have another trade happen last night. Um, or yesterday. This was, uh, was this, uh, yeah, this was after we went live. Um, after we were done. But not a blockbuster trade, just an overall solid trade for a team. But uh, it was a three-team trade, and also the trade deadline is today at 4 o'clock. So we'll kind of you know per periodically go through our Twitter feed to see if anything is live breaking news trade-wise. Uh, but the trade deadline is, I believe, 3 p.m. Eastern time today. So in the Lakers... <laughs> The Lakers lost last night, too. So definitely expect them to try to do something at the trade deadline here. I don't know if there's any trade partners for them, but they they, they got to do something, man. They, that team, woof, woof, true woof there. All right, but the trade yesterday, folks, we got a three-team trade between the Jazz, the Spurs, and the Blazers. The Jazz, and they, they, they're the winner of this trade, absolutely. They get Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Wancho Hernanagomez, and that's fantastic. This Jazz team, they need more depth. They've lost really all their depth so far this season. Um, and getting, you know, uh, some solid bench pieces here to round out this Jazz team. So the Jazz are true, you know, contenders this season. 
putting their foot on the pedal here of trying to, you know, overcome all the other great rosters that they're going to be having to compete with as they go deep in the playoffs, getting to the finals and all that. So Jazz acquired Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Juancho Hernandez-Gomez. Love it. Love both of those. The Spurs end up getting Tomas Sartansky uh, and a second-round pick, so a little bit of more depth there. They don't really need that much more depth at the guard position, but that's who they went with. Tomas Sartansky, a solid overall pick pick up there. And then for the Blazers, and this was so disrespectful, uh, the Jazz ended up trading Joe Ingles to the Blazers. So the Blazers get Joe Ingles, Eliza Hughes, and a second-round pick. So uh, the Jazz with Joe Ingles, it's unfortunate. The man, I believe he just tore his ACL, done for the season. And, uh, you know, and he's older, 35, not great out here. So, uh, yeah, the Jazz were like, okay, well, you can't help us anymore, so you gotta get out of here. You know, he was with the Jazz for a little bit, and he was good last season you know he was do I dare say great last season but he definitely helped his jazz team overall and we know this jazz team was one of the best teams in the league last season and Joe Ingles was a part of that so they kind of just shipped him off I do feel a little bad for Joe Ingles he wrote this long you know heartfelt oh you know I want to be there so much I'm still rooting for the guys and all that and you know to add the insult to injury I mean the man is injured the man cannot play this season and his career may potentially be over I mean the man is a little bit aging out of this league and then you're coming off of one of the worst injuries you can have in the NBA. So, uh, not great there for Joe Ingles and a little bit of, you know, a classic business decision by the Jazz. They're like, hey, we got to free up a roster spot. You're not helping us out. We got to get more depth here. The the league is crazy. These top teams are crazy. They're deep. They're great. And we can't just have, you know, Joe Ingles on the team just because it's good for, you know, overall, um, you know, a heartwarming story. <laughs> so Blazers get Joe Ingles, Elijah, Elijah Hughes, and a second-round pick. Uh, Jazz won the trade here. But with the Blazers, I mean, they are truly selling everything here. And we get Damian Lillard going on and kind of digging in his heels saying, yeah, I don't want to go anywhere. So, you know, I respect Damian Lillard, you know, for staying with the Blazers and wanting to bring a championship to the city and, you know, willing to stay here with no pieces, rebuild, whatever it is. So that's, you know, great for Damian Lillard, but overall for the Blazers, man, oh man, blowing everything up, and I don't know, do they even have any real plan moving forward? Because they really only have Anthony Simons, Damian Lillard when he becomes healthy, and Nurchich, and we saw that Damian Lillard with McCollum, with Nurchich, with Powell, couldn't get it done, so you're losing pieces here. I just don't get what the Blazers' aim is at the current moment, but We'll see how this trade progressed uh, or kind of, you know, pans out for all these teams here. But the Jazz getting deeper was definitely the winner of this trade overall. Um, and then we've got uh, two news here that we have to keep in mind when we pick our bets tonight, folks, because we get this. CJ McCollum and Tony Snell are likely to make their Pelicans debut today. So that's going to be fantastic. We may be able to, you know, bet on the Pelicans here, you know, depending on what the value is and all that. Uh, but getting CJ McCollum on that Pelicans team, we love it. Adding another shooter, another outside score when, they, we, we, when we know this Pelicans team can just dominate down low whenever they want. Uh, but, you know, getting that, stretching the floor, you got to love it. So we'll see what Vegas puts the spread at and see if we will take it. But I'm looking forward to this new look Pelicans team.
And then another thing to kind of stay away from, we haven't had to worry about Daniel Tice playing for the Rockets here for a while, but Daniel Tice is expected to play today. And if you know anything about Daniel Tice, you must stay away from betting the Rockets when Daniel Tice plays because it does not result into any winning at all. So I think we have a freebie bet tonight. Uh, whoever's facing the Rockets will probably swallow whatever points we need to because we know when Daniel Tice plays, they lose the game. So we'll keep that in mind as we break down the batting. Alright, so those are all the just a quick news we had to talk about, but now let's jump right into the mix of the NBA games, and once again, we called it right on the money all night long, folks. We had three picks going, and uh, we hit all three. We even hit our fear pick, facing our fears of big spreads in the NBA, and we hit that one, so we're off to a great start during the seven-day, uh, seven one-week trial run to Face our fears of swallowing big spreads. We're one for one so far, and that's fantastic. We're not running and hiding. Be able to see what happens when we do it. We lose. No, 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 folks. We 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 are facing our fears for a reason, and we are cashing out doing so. This is why we are forcing ourselves to do it because we know there's great value in the big spreads. We can't just have our fear get in the way of clouding that and blocking that judgment. But uh, here we go, the first game up here in one of our picks, uh, Spurs at the Cavs. We took Cavs minus 5.5, and, and they got no problem winning by 17 points, 105-92. to 92. Love it here for the Cavs. Darius Garland was a game-time decision. We thought he would play. We locked in the minus 5.5 value, and it was a little uh, weird. It only, uh, I believe it only went to uh, Cavs minus 6 when Darius Garland was kind of uh, init- or, uh, officially named as uh you know playing so not that much of a big old line changer as Darius Garland which I thought was a little strange I thought it could go up to maybe minus seven but uh Cavs get the win they cover whatever spread you got fantastic Darius Garland back first game 27 points six assists five rebounds the man led the team in scoring on 80 percent shooting the man took eight uh 15 shots hit three of three from the three and shot 80 percent on 15 shots how magnificent in his first game back we need Darius Garland to bet on this Cavs team and that's exactly what we got last night loved it loved it we get Isaac Okuru, 14 points on 66% shooting. Jared Allen, 15 points, 14 rebounds. Evan Mobley, 18 points, 12 rebounds. Everybody getting it done there uh, for the starters. Dean Wade only playing 16 minutes, and that's why he has zero points. But then we get Karis LeVert. He had his first action in a Cavs uniform. He's coming off the bench, played 28 minutes, 11 points, 2 assists, and he shot 36%. So nothing great here. And we'll see if they end up working him into the starting lineup at some point. I'm sure he will. And we'll see how, you know, he plays with Garland and Jared Allen. So overall, you know, first, you know, impression solid can only go up from there. And we know this man's got some real great skill and can definitely shoot the basketball. So, man, oh, man, we got to give big time respect to this Cavs team. We've been on this Cavs train for a while now, you know, uh, real kind of early on in the season once we saw them winning. 
So, you know, get on this Cavs train now while you can, folks. I do not see this Cavs team taking really any steps back. Um, you know, they, they still have their work cut out for them. They are going to have to, you know, truly, you know, dig down deep when they have to, you know, start facing, you know, the Heat and the Jazz and the Warriors and the Bulls on a consistent basis, the Bucks on a consistent basis, especially when they get in the playoffs. And I think they're up for the, ta the task and the challenge. It's definitely going to be an interesting battle, but I definitely give the Cavs Cavs a big dog in that fight of facing good teams in the playoffs. But this Cavs team, folks, you got to love what they're doing. Fantastic. And then for the Spurs last night, uh, nothing great overall. We had Devin Vassell coming off the bench with 18 points, leading the team in scoring with Keldon Johnson, also with 18 points. DeJounte Murray, 16 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds, pretty solid overall. Derek White with 17 points, we'll take that. But everything else, a little bit lackluster. We had Doug McDermott shooting 20%. Jacob Podol, you know, they're big. He's not an offensive big, only 7 points last night. So just a little lackluster scoring from the Spurs team, not having that kind of number one true uh, kind of superstar on the team. And this Cavs team, folks, taking care of business at home, winning 105-92. to all right, folks, next game up is the Bulls at the Hornets, and stop falling in love with this Hornets team, folks. Stop it. They are not a good team. They are spotty. They are streaky, but for some reason, Vegas is infatuated with this Hornets team, Minus, or plus one and a half against the Raptors a couple of nights ago, plus two against the Bulls. That's easy money for us, folks. Absolutely. Bulls get the win. They cover the two. Uh, I ended up betting it all the way up to minus four and a half. I did a little bit of extra on top of it. And the Bulls win by 12, 121 to 109. So this Bulls team is legit. We know this. And this Hornets team, they, they seem like they have truly regressed from last season. We loved everything about this Hornets team last season. They were good. They were competitive against real good teams. We saw LaMelo Ball getting better every single week. Uh, but uh, now this season, they've gotten 0% better. I don't know if they've taken a step back, but they have not progressed at all this season. And for that, I am a little disappointed in this team overall. I love LaMelo Ball. We know Terry Rogier can you know, put up the numbers, no problem. Kelly Oubre Jr., a little bit maybe phasing out of this league a little bit. We saw him a little bit lackluster overall with the Warriors last season, goes to the Hornets now, and he's solid, he's good, but not a true impact star because we see their wins really not changing from last season to this season. So overall, man, I'm truly disappointed with this Hornets team, and once again, they're just so streaky and live and die by the three and live and die by the runs, and you know that's not going to go deep into the playoffs. That's not going to be a championship level winning team living and dying by runs you know it's good for a game or two you know a stretch of games but you know for a championship that's not what you need to be doing here and that's what the Hornets are still um, just living and dying by runs and I get kind of you know bad shot selections when the game is close and LaMelo Ball really has to be the true leader on this team he's hands down the best player on this team I mean Terry Rogier, Mason Plumley, Miles Bridges, Kelly Oubre Jr., PJ Washington, Ish Smith, Nick Richards. I mean, who's better than LaMelo Ball that we just named? Nobody. So I know LaMelo Ball, he's still young. This is the second year. We get it. But I mean, you've got to be the leader here. You've got to, you know, make the smart decisions, make the right reads, make the play for your team. 
I mean, we get LaMelo Ball putting up 25 shots, folks. I mean, hands down, the most on the team by far. And, you know, that's fine. I've, I, I don't have a problem with him taking all those shots, but his poor shot selection when the game is close in the second half and you throw up, you know, a bad shot and then you just give momentum to the Bulls to reopen up the lead bigger than what it was before and then it gets out of control and then the Hornets have to go on a run to try to make it close and they do, but then we get the same thing of poor shot selection that opens up the lead back again up for the Bulls and that's what this Hornets team is folks so stay away from betting the Hornets folks don't fall in love with the spread of being like well Vegas made them plus two so that Vegas thinks this game's going to be competitive. No, 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 folks. Vegas, they don't know what they're talking about all the time. Most of the time, they have a sense of what they're talking about, but sometimes, folks, they are just out of their gourd, and we see this, folks. We track this. We actively point it out and call it when we see it every single time, and, you know, we're, you know, we're right most of the time, so... Just stay away from betting this Hornets team. That's really the best advice we can give you. Um, Bulls being minus two is just so so absurd, folks. I mean, the third in the Western Conference. What, what are we doing out here? Stop, stop. So I just don't, I truly, it's mind-boggling, folks. I, I stay awake late at night thinking, what does Vegas see in this Hornets team? Because I'm not seeing it at all, at all. All I'm seeing is dollar signs. That's all I'm seeing. And when somebody brings up the Hornets, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could actively bet against them and win. Um, so, the Hornets last night, folks, LaMelo Ball, 33 points, 4 steals, 5 assists, 9 rebounds, shooting 48%, 5 of 10 from the 3, a plus 6 on the floor, all that was good. Just overall, the leadership and poor shot selections at some bad times, that's the one thing he has to kind of get a little bit better at to truly make this Hornets team as good as Vegas thinks they are. We get Terry Rogier, 16 points, 2 of 11 from 3. Miles Bridges, 22 points, but 2 of 8 from the 3. And then Kelly Oubre Jr. in the starting lineup because no Gordon Hayward. And he had 19 points, 4 rebounds. He actually played way better than I thought he would offensively in the starting lineup, so I give uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. credit for that. But nothing good off the bench. P.J. Washington, 5 points on 28% shooting. Ish Smith, 2 points on 4 shots. So nothing great there for the bench. Of the Hornets, and that's what we would expect with uh, no Jalen McDaniels and no Gordon Hayward. So Hornets, man, what are y'all? What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing with them? All right, and then for the Bulls, getting it done. Demar Derozan, thirty-six points, four assists, five rebounds, and he even he even hit three of four from the three, folks. Man, oh man, we cash it on that as well. I was big on this Bulls team last night. I had a prop bet going. Demar Derozan, two or more three pointers last night, and the man hit three of them. So, folks, I mean, we put our money where our mouth is every single day, folks. We don't tell you anything that we would not do ourselves when we're big on this Bulls team, folks. Against this Hornets team, we truly meant it. We had Vucevic last night getting it done, 18 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists. Zach Levine, 27 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds. Kobe White at the 1 because of no AO. The man had 15 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, shot 3 of 10 for the 3. Not bad overall. So, overall, the main 4 for the Bulls get it done, and they are always reliable like we know. So, Bulls get the win, 121 to 109. All right, next game up here is the Raptors and the Thunder, and this was our big spread of the night facing our fears, and we hit, baby. That's why we faced our fears, because we know we know it's good value, folks, but swallowing all those points, it's never great. Even in the NFL, when you're swallowing, you know, a 10-point, you're, you know, you're stressing because you're immediately losing right off the rip, and, you know, teams get out to maybe a hot start, and now, you know, you've got minus 10, and they're already down 7, so you're like, oh my god, I gotta cover 7 
17 points and you're just stressing all game long. And, uh, you know, then you get the backdoor covers where, you know, your team may be up 20 at halftime, but then they start phoning it in for the second half and none of the starters play in the fourth quarter. And then the other team starts to kind of slowly crawl back into the game and you got a 10 point spread and a nine point game at the end of the day when the your team that you bet on minus 10 was dominating all game. And then, you know, you only win by nine points and that's there goes the bat. So that's why, you know, we have a fear of the big spreads, but we know what good value looks like, folks. So like we said yesterday on the show, challenging ourselves seven full days of swallowing at least one big spread. And we hit last night taking the Raptors minus 10. And once again, they got no problem winning by 19 points, 117 to 98 over the Thunder because we know this Raptors team is absolutely fantastic. Pascal Siakam, give this man his MVP recognition. 27 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists at the 5. Plug that man in anywhere. He can get it done. Pascal Siakam, we salute you. Thank you for helping us overcome our fears. If it wasn't for this Raptors team, folks, I don't know if we could ever overcome our fears, but we can always swallow 10 points here with this Raptors team. Absolutely. Fred Van Vliet, 21 points, 6 assists, classic Fred Van Vliet game. We get Gary Trent Jr., 16 points, 5 steals, man oh man. Scotty Barnes, 17 points, 4 assists, OG Ananubi, 15 points, 10 rebounds. Nothing too great from the bench here. Uh, we had Chris Boucher with 9 points and 5 rebounds in 19 minutes. That was the best bench uh, contributor last night, but we know that starting five is truly full of dogs folks we thought the clippers you know were kind of you know beginning stages of dogs nah this raptors team folks they are truly dogs here i don't know about big dogs but there are dogs here and then you got the main dog leader i mean this is truly a dog school an obedient school here where the raptors are all the dogs and then you get nick nurse the teacher uh of the dogs training them all and man oh man they they all know nick nurse folks and Nick Nurse has these dogs at their best every single night and then for the Thunder last night, once again, uh, no Shea Gills Alexander. Lugensdorf did play, but he didn't have a great game. Exactly what we predicted. A minus 17 on the floor. That was the worst on the team alongside Trey Mann. So we know Lugensdorf is nothing consistent, folks. Once again, folks, we know what we're talking about, folks. I just want that to be known. We know what we're talking about. I don't know if y'all give us the credit we deserve. All I want y'all to know is that we know what we're talking about. Lugensdorf shooting 20. 28% last night. Two of nine from the three. He had 15 points. That's okay. But, I mean, that's kind of what we already penciled him in at. You know, we weren't expecting the 25-plus point night on efficient shooting. So, Lugansdor, no good back-to-back -back games. We know this. 15 points. He had six turnovers on his Russell Westbrook. Yes. Uh, 15 points, four assists, four rebounds on 28% shooting. Minus 17 on the floor. No, thank you. Josh Giddy was out there, and he had an okay game. 13 points, 6 assists, 9 rebounds. I mean, led the team in assists, led the team in rebound. Josh Giddy kind of doing it all here. And that's really all they had. They had some solid bench production. We finally get Alexev Puko-Sovetsky finally doing something this season. He was a big name last year. Young guy coming into it. And, you know, solid production from 3 for, you know, a big stretch. Just never that kind of consistent, reliable player. And this is definitely his best game of the season so far. 18 points, 4 steals, 4 rebounds on 77% shooting. Fantastic.
And then also off the bench, Theo Melendon, 18 points, 3 assists, 2 rebounds off the bench as well. So nothing great by this Thunder team, we know, especially their starters, truly lacking there. So Raptors get the big win on the road, 117-98. to all right, next game up here is the Warriors at the Jazz, and the Jazz get a nice big old win here. Um, no Clay Thompson for the Warriors, but uh, the Jazz really blow them out. 111-85, decently close game in the first half, but then that second half, the Jazz just dig in, and uh, man, oh man, everybody was getting it done. So for the Jazz last night, Mike Connolly, 13 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Donovan Mitchell, 14 points, 8 assists, 10 rebounds, close to that triple-double. We did not get... Uh, um, Rudy Gobert back obviously last night but Hassan Whiteside did not get in the starting lineup and that's what we liked because we saw Hassan Whiteside two nights ago and that man was so lackadaisical so they have Oduko Uzubuki at the starting five and he had 11 points five rebound shot 100% looked way better than what we saw from Hassan Whiteside the other night. And then Bohan Bogdanovich, 23 points, 6 rebounds. Fantastic shooting night by him. Led the team in scoring. Bohan Bogdanovich, we know the Bogdanovich bros can get it done. And then what do we like about this Jazz team? Them being deep. We had Jordan Clarkson, 13 points. Hassan Whiteside, always better coming off the bench, 9 points, 17 rebounds. And then even Trent Forrest, 11 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. And folks, and now, like we said, getting deeper, bringing in Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Wancho Hernandez. Gomez this Jazz team we know they're good but now they're going to be start playing with the big dogs because we like the Jazz team this Jazz team but you know we like the Suns way better than them I like the Grizzlies better than them I like the Warriors better than them um, in the East I like the Heat better than them I like the Bucks better than them I don't know if I love the Bulls better than them and uh, I can't say I like the Cavs better than them I do like the Cavs and I want to give them all the credit they deserve but I don't know if they're kind of you know top tier team in the league so Comparing really all the top tier teams in the league, I think I like the Jazz the worst out of them. And that's no disrespect to the Jazz here, but them getting deeper is definitely going to help them out once they kind of reach you know, the second and third rounds of the playoffs trying to head into that finals. So Jazz getting the win there, looking real good. And then the Warriors just did not have all the offensive pieces. No Clay Thompson last night, so we get Jordan Poole in the starting lineup, and he had a solid night, 18 points, 3 of 8 from the 3. Seth Curry, 16 points, 3 of 8 from the 3, 7 rebounds. Uh, they both led the team in scoring. 18 points for Jordan Poole, 16 points for Steph Curry, but you know that's what they just were lacking last night, that overall offensive production. We didn't really get a big old step up from Andrew Wiggins, kind of letting us down a little bit. 13 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds, and that was really it for the Warriors last night. So we know the Warriors, they really live and die by the 3 overall. Uh, big energy there, great uh, leadership by everybody on that team, but just did not really come through last night against a good Jazz team. So Jazz get the win, 111-85. And then the last game, uh, yeah, last game of the night here, Lakers at the Blazers, and the Lakers could not even beat the Blazers, who are actively getting rid of all their players. The Lakers could not even beat them last night, and the Lakers were minus eight and a half, nine. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we should, I knew I should have taken the, the Blazers plus nine and a half there, but with the Lakers being on the back-to-back, -back, we had to stay with our principles, folks, and uh, man, oh man, but uh, you know, we get this game and the Lakers kind of you know blowing it beefing it big time in the second half here no Russell Westbrook really for uh did he even play last night did he play at all last night um Russell Westbrook did not play last night how they don't even play the man so they don't play Russell Westbrook 
Or, yeah, they don't play Russell Westbrook all night. And then we get this. With 54 seconds left in the game, Blazers up 105-100. LeBron James is going to go on a fast kind of one-on-one break here. And LeBron is going to drive to the hole and miss a layup. And now this shot on a two-on-one fast break here, down five points, you make this a one-possession game. However, you score the ball, whether a two or a three, you make it a one-possession game with about 45 seconds left here. But LeBron going to the hole. Can't get the layup to go. The Blazers get the board. So now you know you're back down two possessions with 44 seconds left. The Blazers can eat up more time. And the game is basically over because LeBron James could not make a clutch shot. Y'all are villainizing Russell Westbrook on a daily basis, a gamely basis, a quarter by quarter, minute by minute, second by second basis here because, oh, Russell Westbrook doesn't always get it done in the clutch. Well, what about LeBron? Where's the heat on LeBron from last night? How do you not hit that shot? You are spiraling on the eve of the trade deadline. LeBron misses a shot. Now, the Lakers may still not have won that game, but that's not the point. The point is LeBron James having a chance to cut it down to one possession with Tons of time left. Misses that clutch ass heck shot. And nobody gives him any flack on it. It's so... Uh, one-sided on the Russell Westbrook hate. It, uh, you know, that's why we don't hate on him. And we will never hate on him. And everyone is calling for Russell Westbrook to be traded today. So we'll see if that ends up going through. But once again, LeBron not coming through in the clutch. And everybody wants to just kind of, you know, harp on Russell Westbrook of being the true reason why this Lakers team is way worse than what they really should be. And also LeBron James was a minus five on the floor. That was the worst on the team alongside Stanley Johnson, a minus five on the bench. So LeBron James, minus five on the floor, missing a huge shot late in the fourth quarter, and nobody nobody bats an eye. Everyone's like, oh, no, Westbrook. Westbrook is the reason why they lost this game. Russell Westbrook, even though he didn't play in this game, that's a huge reason why they lost. It's like, eh, okay, y'all can keep going with that, but, you know, LeBron, and I know, you know, he's great, and he's the greatest of all time, and he's so gushing and great. I understand that, you know, but... Uh, you know, still missing a big shot here when your season is spiraling out of control. LeBron James can't take over. So, all right, folks. We'll see what the Lakers do at the trade deadline today. Uh, LeBron James from last night, 30 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. Overall, good game. Overall, good game. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Love the team in scoring. Fantastic. But down in the clutch when you have to make it count. He didn't make it count. We get Anthony Davis, 17 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds. A little bit of a lackluster night by him overall. We had Russell Westbrook not playing at all last night. So Avery Bradley at the one, six points, two assists, four rebounds, still three turnovers. So why rest Why rest Russell Westbrook last night? Why not play him? Avery Bradley did not do anything special last night. He still had three turnovers. LeBron James had six turnovers. So once again, every knock that y'all have on Russell Westbrook, the king did it last night and nobody's got any blame on him. LeBron James after the game was like, man, I don't even really want to talk I just want to have some wine and go to bed so LeBron James can kind of you know escape all the questions and escape all the blame but Russell Westbrook is getting drilled like Russell Westbrook may retire honestly y'all may have forced Russell Westbrook to retire folks like that's crazy that y'all are that y'all y'all would be actively bullying this man into retirement crazy 
And then Malik Monk truly letting us down last night. Seven points. Seven points, five turnovers. Only taking eight shots. What are we doing? What are you doing out here? So absolutely nothing good by this Lakers team. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really no even leadership on the team. LeBron James is really not that much of a leader, folks. Um, he, he's really not a leader at all. Um, and we know uh, Frank Vogel. I I don't know if he's a leader or not. I mean, actively not playing Russell Westbrook. Whose decision was that? I don't know if that was totally Frank Vogel's. I think LeBron James had a little input there. So Frank Vogel, why don't you stand up for yourself because you're about to be fired as well from LeBron. And uh, you know, play Russell. Westbrook that's so absurd that you don't play Russell Westbrook at all in this game um, especially against the Blazers team that's actively selling I mean this would be the game to get everybody on the same page on the same path Frank Vogel step up in your coaching and be like all right this is how we're playing it the ball's only going through Anthony Davis LeBron James and Russell Westbrook we're gonna get the chemistry right tonight we're at the eve of the trade deadline our season is spiraling and we're going against a, a, a trail Blazers team that actively has no super Superstar on their roster. This is the game. We're going to get it all hashed out, figure out. Y'all are playing every single second of this game, and the offense is going to actively flow through all three of y'all so we can get everything good. We're going to iron out everything because we're making a push at the back end of the year. But, uh, you know, obviously we didn't get anything sort of that. So, man, oh, man, this Lakers team, folks, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? All right, and then for the Blazers last night, we got to give them credit for winning this game. Anthony Simons, yes, 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 29 points, 5 assists. I will take that all day, 5 of 11 from 3. Nurchich getting it done down low, 19 points, 12 rebounds. Justice Winslow, a solid 11 points, 4 steals, 8 rebounds. And then off the bench, I mean, just solid all across the board. Greg Brown, 11 points. Dennis Smith Jr., 7 points, 6 steals, 11 assists. Tre uh, Trendon Walford, 6 points, 4 rebounds in 15 minutes. Kaljan Blevins, 8 points, 3 rebounds in only 10 minutes. So, yeah, fantastic. All really throughout this game. And we'll see what this Blazers team does uh, once they kind of get Josh Hart and Eric Bledsoe acclimated into this team, whether they get starting roles or coming off the bench. But we'll see how this Blazers team handles getting rid of, you know, McCollum and Powell and all that. So we'll see if the Blazers are better. They won a game here, so that's pretty impressive. But we'll see if they are truly good in being consistent for the rest of the way. But uh, the Blazers get the win at home, 107-105. to 105. And then the final game of last night, the Timberwolves at the Kings. And what a win here. What an absolute win here for the Kings, winning 132-119. to And Sabonis, folks, he made his Kings debut last night and had a fantastic game. 22 points, 5 assists, 14 rebounds on 52% shooting. Very well done. We had De'Aaron Fox playing magnificently. 27 points, 3 assists, 8 rebounds. Harrison Barnes, 30 points, 8 rebounds. And then Chimiza Metu, 13 points, 5 rebounds at the 4. We will take that absolutely. The the only player that truly floundered in the starting lineup last night was Justin Holiday, six points, four assists on 18% uh, shooting on 11 shots. So we need to see, you know, Justin Holiday a little bit more 
acclimated into this team, but Jeremy Lamb coming off the bench at 14 points. Davian Mitchell coming off the bench, 18.7 assists. So maybe this Kings team had the right move of all these trades. Maybe we kind of uh, didn't give this Kings team enough credit because th these pieces are already working out very well here. They've got extreme depth now. So this Kings team could be good now. Maybe we should have given them a lot more credit for their trade savviness. Seems like they're going to be keeping De'Aaron Fox. Seems like they're going to be keeping Davian Mitchell. You're pairing that with Sabonis, a nice big down low. Then you get Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb as some nice bench slash role players on this team. Watch out for the Kings, folks. I think we're going to bet them the next time we can. As long as the value is solid, I think I, I, I've got some confidence in betting on this Kings team. Even against a good, solid team, folks, I think I would uh, get a couple of points there. All right, then the Timberwolves, the big three, they got it done, but that was really it. They had no other production, and that's what we see with this Timberwolves team. They need that other production when they want to win games. The big three having good nights doesn't really single-handedly translate to good wins um, or consistent wins. We really need some other great help scoring-wise, and we didn't really get that too much last night for the Timberwolves. Granted, they still put up 119 points, which was good, but uh, you know that speaks to all the credit we need to give to the Kings, putting up 132 points first games with uh, you know their new players this is great folks this is a huge green flag for the Kings and you know Kings fans you've had nothing to celebrate for 50 years really um, but uh, this is this should be exciting for y'all I would be truly excited off of this one performance all right, uh, the Timberwolves, here we go. D'Angelo Russell, 29 points, 10 assists, fantastic. Anthony Edwards, 26 points, nothing really else. Uh, one assist, one rebound. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, 21 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. So the big three did their thing, but then everything else just came up a little bit too short. Jaden McDaniels, 13 points, 4 rebounds. Jared Vanderbilt, 8 points on 4 shots. He did have 11 rebounds. And then nothing fantastic off the bench. Malik Beasley shooting 22% for only 6 points. So, uh, but uh, the Timberwolves just come up a little bit short here. But the main takeaway, folks, is to uh, look at this Kings team. I'm truly interested in this Kings team. I cannot wait to bet on the Kings. How crazy is that? I would never even give the Kings uh, the time of day in the betting world. But... I loved what I saw last night. So, Kings get the win 132 to 119. Alrighty, that is all the NBA from last night. Now let's see if we can keep this streak going, folks. Three straight days of heading of hitting all of our picks. Eight for eight over the last three days, folks. We've said we have our finger on the pulse, folks. And once we've got that pulse, we will not let that pulse go, folks. So, tons of games on today. A ton? Do we count this as a ton? Seven? Is seven a ton in the NBA? I don't know about a ton, but some great games on tonight um, and a lot of value to come through. So, let's see what we've got and let's see if we've got any big spreads that we are up to the challenge of swallowing. So here we go. First game up, Grizzlies at the Pistons. And this is the big spread, folks. Grizzlies minus 11.5. Pistons plus 11.5. We know this Grizzlies team is fantastic, folks. Uh, for the Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks is still out. Xavier Tillman out. Killian Tilly is out. For the Pistons, we get Josh Jackson, a game-time decision. Killian Hayes, a game-time decision. Cade Cunningham, a game-time decision. So I'm assuming all those players would play for the Pistons here. 
here. Still reeling ever since Jeremy Grant has come back. Um, so we're still kind of a little bit waiting for that Jeremy Grant game that translates to a win. We'll see if we get it. Uh, let me quickly take a look here. Uh, we do count big spreads as nine or more here. Um, so we don't have to lock ourselves into this Grizzly pick here. But we know we can always rely on this Grizzlies team, folks. And we know the Pistons are just a little bit poor overall. So our big spread, we're going to swallow the 11.5 here with the Grizzlies tonight, folks. Let's see if we can go two for two on our big spreads for this week. Grizzlies minus 11 and a half. We'll take it. All right, next game up here is the Nets at the Wizards. Nets plus two and a half. Wizards minus two and a half here. All right, we get the eve of the trade deadline. James Harden wants to be traded, um, but, uh, you know, this game would be after the trade deadline, so we, I don't even know if James Harden is playing. They count him as out. All right, they're on the road, so Kyrie can play in this game. LaMarcus Aldridge is also out, and Nicholas Claxton is a game-time decision. Now, for the Wizards, uh, Daniel Gafford is out, and we know Bradley Beal is out for the season. He's uh, having surgery. So we know this Wizards team is nothing good. We know this Nets team also is nothing good as well. So I'm going to stay away from betting this game officially. If I had to lean one way or the other, I would take the 2.5 here with the Nets uh, just because... You get Kyrie Irving out there, and they've got to do something to really kind of slow the spiral that this team is currently in. Um, and then with the Wizards, they are just absolutely not good. We can't we can't rely on Kyle Kuzma to be the guy. So um, I would take the Nets plus two and a half if I had to bet this game. But uh, luckily, we don't have to bet this game. No gun to my head. Not betting this game. No, thank you. Two bad teams. No value. No great value either way. We'll stay away from it. All right, next game up here. Wow, this ooh, this is ooh, this is a tough one, folks. Uh, Heat at the Pelicans. Heat minus four and a half. Pelicans plus four and a half. We love this Heat. We love our dogs. Y'all know this, and we want to start betting and truly believing in this Pelicans team, folks. They're six and four in their last ten. Four game winning streak. Loving everything that we've been seeing from them. We told y'all their new pieces are potentially playing. McCollum, Willie Hernana Gomez, maybe making their debuts tonight um so we love that we love that potentially going for the heat we get markeith morris he's still out caleb martin and tyler hero are both game time decisions so ooh, this one is just a little bit too close here so we're gonna stay away from this one Oh man, I yeah, I don't I don't even know who I want to root for in this game. Do we root for our dogs, the kennel, or do we root for the potentially emerging up and coming Pelicans team? Oh, I wanna ooh, I wanna take it both. I wanna swallow the four and get the four and a half. Damn. Alrighty, so we're gonna stay away from this one. Can't really call it a little bit too close for us to truly call. All right, next game up here, we get the Raptors at the Rockets, and we love the Raptors, but they are on the back-to-back, -back, so we will stay away from this one. Raptors minus nine, Rockets plus nine, and like we said, Daniel Tice is potentially going today, folks, so stay away from betting the Rockets tonight. They lose when he plays. Uh, then we get the Clippers at the Mavericks. Clippers plus six and a half, Mavericks minus six and a half, and this Clippers team has just, man, oh, man, they have been leaving a real bad taste in our mouth here over the last two games, losing. 
losing in blowout fashion. Um, so them being plus six and a half here is not appealing to me at all. Where this Mavericks team, they get it done and they're winning and they're scoring and they're at home here. So I think I'm loving the Mavericks here. Uh, Porzingis is still out, but that doesn't really matter, folks. We see them still getting it done and Tim Hardaway Jr. is out as well. And once again, it doesn't really affect this Mavericks team. It doesn't matter who's really in and who's out for them. They still, at the end of the day, get the job done. So I'm going to swallow six and a half here with the Mavericks. I just cannot buy this Clippers team, folks, really at all. So hopefully they turn it around tonight and we can actively start maybe potentially getting their faith and betability and believability back up. But at the current moment, we're riding this Mavericks wave, folks. All right, then we get the uh, next game up here. Ooh, another good one. Wow, some good games on tonight. I love it. I love this. Is this, uh, is this on television? It is. Oh, oh, oh. It's on. Tell, what's the double? Tell me. Oh, I was about to say, if we had the double header of Heat Pelicans and then Buck Suns, oh, my God, what a night. Buckle in. Get your popcorn ready and make sure that betting app is loaded because that would have been a great night to have. Wow, wow. Um, but, uh, what's the first game? Tell me this is the first game. Oh, how disgusting. How absolutely disgusting. They're forcing us to watch this Nets game. Uh, uh. uh so Nets Wizards, first game on TNT. But then the nightcap is going to be good. So I guess we can suffer through some garbage to get to a great matchup. Bucks at the Suns. Bucks plus three. Suns minus three. Let's see. Can we bet this game? Ooh, this is tough to bet, but let's see if we can bet it. Uh, for the Bucks, Grayson Allen is just a game-time decision. And for the Suns, we still get Frank Kaminsky out, Cameron Payne out, Dario Sherrick out still. So, once again, the depth of the big is going to be a little bit of an issue for the Suns overall. This Bucks team has been absolutely on an offensive tear. This Suns team has always been consistent out here. So this is going to be a great game, but I'm going to go with the Bucks here with the three. I do not see this team really slowing down any, and I know the Suns are very, very good. I get that. Uh, but it's just something about the team, folks. It's like if Devin Booker doesn't go, you know, 20-plus, 25-plus points a game, they don't win. We know that Devin Booker is truly their best score. When we look at Chris Paul, you know, he's really not the scorer. He can score, and he can hit some big shots. Um, but, you know, his game is to facilitate and look for the better play. DeAndre Ayton, you know, he's not a big, you know, dominant scorer down low. Jay Crowder rarely scores. And then you really just uh, rely on Cameron uh, Johnson to get it done for them. So I do like the Suns, and they've been winning, and I don't want to knock any of that, but with the Bucks, I just get more, more score ability all throughout, a little deeper coming off the bench here, and I get three, and they're on this fantastic streak of putting up 130 points, folks. I said it the other night, folks. We're going to get it on the ground floor of the Bucks. We did it the other night. Uh, let me bring up the game. Uh, against the uh, was it against the Lakers that we yeah it was against the Lakers where we only had to swallow like a disrespectful three points there we told y'all that night we're gonna get on the ground floor of this Bucks wave and ride it till it crashes and I don't see it crashing tonight even against one of the best teams in the league we'll take the Bucks with the three tonight.
And then the last game of the night, Warrior uh, Knicks at the Warriors. Warriors on the back-to-back. Knicks absolute garbage. Uh, Warriors minus nine. Uh, is Clay Thompson playing? I'm sure he is uh, because he didn't play last night. Uh, so Clay Thompson's back. Fantastic for the Knicks. Nerlens Knowles a game time decision. Mitchell Robinson is a game time decision. R.J. Barrett is a game time decision. So we're gonna. I know this is a back to back, folks, but we are going to invoke our sponsorship. Our sponsorship is coming back, folks. Warriors minus nine. Always bad against the Knicks. Our sponsor, folks. So. Uh, we will officially endorse our sponsor. Bit us in the butt not officially endorsing them the last time. Silly on us, and we cannot do that, folks. They are our sponsor for a reason. This is a, a team. It's not like we call every team our sponsor, folks. We've only done two. Uh, this is our second. We've done an NFL. This is our first and only NBA. You know, we don't make, you know, uh, every team our sponsor. You know, because this Knicks team is so bad, that's why they are that special sponsor slot, and they overcome uh, a lot of the rules that we have on betting. So the back-to-backs, the sponsor trumps the back-to-back rule. So we are going to be taking the Warriors minus nine. I'm not going to count that as our big spread um, of the night or really count that against our big spread because this is a different category of our you know betting that we do. So, we've got officially four picks for tonight, folks. We got Grizzlies minus 11.5, Mavericks minus 6.5. That Grizzlies one is our uh, fear, is our looking fear in the eye pick of swallowing a big spread. Then our other endorsements of Mavericks minus 6.5, Bucks with the three, and then our classic sponsor bet, betting against the Knicks on the spread line, Warriors minus 9. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to break down for today. Now let's quickly update our Twitter feed to see any trades going down. Any trades going down here. Hmm, couple more hours to go, folks, before it is officially over. But uh, we get nothing breaking at the current moment. At the current moment, we've got no new trades. But anything can happen, folks. Anything can happen. All right, so now let's transition to the NFL. What do we got time-wise? What are we doing time-wise? All right. Uh, we could probably get to one uh, one little film here. Got to cut the show a little bit early. It's on Tuesdays, Thursdays. Truly apologize for that. Uh, but uh, let's see what we got here. Let's go to the Joe Burrow here. Or, well, let's get the line refreshed. Let's get the line refreshed, and then we will watch the highlights from the Ravens-Bangles game where Joe Burrow had his best game of the year statistic-wise, uh, throwing 525 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, fantastic, winning the game and all that. And we'll, you know, once again, we'll watch that see offensively defensively was it Joe Burrow playing flawlessly how did it all look we'll break it all down and once again we're just trying to get closer get all the information we need to bet on the Super Bowl on the right side but uh, we get the spread here and y'all are going the other way with it y'all are taking the value away from me and if this gets down to three and a half you will force my hand here folks so here it is. Now it's only Bengals plus four, Rams minus four. So y'all are actively betting the Bengals with the points, and I like that, but y'all are stealing the value from me. Stop taking the value from me, damn. Y'all were supposed to be betting the Rams minus four. I told you at the top of the show, take the Rams. Bet the Rams so we can finally get the better value. But y'all love sticking it to us. All right, all right. We'll be the, uh, we'll be the martyr here. Okay, I've got no problem being the martyr. 
Um, so Bengals plus four, Rams minus four. We've seen it dip to this before and then rise back up. So maybe now people are going to be like, oh, this is better value with the Rams now. So they bet the Rams and then it balloons back up to Bengals plus four and a half. So, all right, folks, we still got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days for this line to keep changing and all that. We'll keep an eye on it. But if it goes to Bengals plus three and a half, I may have to lock it in now because I'm not going to play the three game. I'm not playing that old field goal push. I'm not interested in that. I'm, I'm interested in a win or a loss. I don't care about no pushes. Pushes are annoying, folks, okay? I'd rather Lose and a push, okay. Um, but um, yeah, Bengals plus four. Ugh, ugh. Losing value. I'm losing value. Damn. We tell you to lock in value whenever you can, folks. But you know, this is the Super Bowl. We got to make sure we get it right. It's more important to get it right than to get the best value that we can. So, to try and get it right here, let's go to the Bengals Ravens game here. Let's watch the highlights and just see what we see. We're already more trending towards the Bengals, betting on the Bengals, than betting on the Rams for Super Bowl Sunday. But uh, let's watch the highlights here, and we're going to watch the game highlights. I want to see the defense. I want to see the offense. I want to see how it all came together for Joe Burrow having the best game of, is this the best game of his career? I'm, I think it is. Uh, the best game of his career, the best game of the season overall here, and this definitely propelled Joe Burrow into the stratosphere discussion that he is currently in, uh, you know, being compared to Tom Brady. Everyone's comparing Joe Burrow to Tom Brady this week, which I, I didn't, I was not expecting to see. I don't mind seeing it. I, I, I like the conversation absolutely, uh, but I did not expect this to happen. Um, so that's what everyone's saying. Joe Burrow's Tom Brady, and Joe Burrow would be better than Tom Brady if he wins the Super Bowl. I mean, y'all are going out there, but hey, I let y'all talk because I love to see what y'all say, and that you know, I you know see what y'all say compared to what I say and what I believe and y'all influence me. Um, I see what y'all say. I see everything y'all say out there. The good, the bad, agreeing with me, disagreeing with me. And I always factor everything that y'all say because y'all bring up some good points and y'all bring up some stats and statistics that I didn't know or I haven't seen. So I appreciate y'all. I just want y'all to know. Yeah, that's what I want y'all to know. I want y'all to know that I appreciate y'all. Even if you're negative, if you're positive, I appreciate everybody out there that is saying stuff about sports. I absolutely love it. Alrighty, so here we go. Let's watch the highlights here and see if we see anything that truly changes our opinion um, on anything. Joe Burrow looking bad and Joe Burrow looking good. How does Joe Burrow look coming out of the pocket and coming out of the um, you know play action? That's really what I want to kind of see here on these highlights. Does Joe Burrow get pressured here because when, you know, we look back at the Titans game where he got sacked nine times, we just did not like how Joe Burrow was trying to kind of escape out of the pocket. It looked really slow. Didn't really know, didn't really look like he knew where he wanted to go after kind of the play action play action sell and then getting pressured instantly. So I want to see if this is a normal trend or is that a little bit of an outlier game against the Titans. But we'll see what we get here and see if the defense uh, of the Ravens pressured him, but uh, let's start the tape and see what happened here. This is week 16 as well, by the way. All right, here we go. First play up here in the highlights. The first drive here for the Bengals. Joe Burrow, man, oh, man, dancing in the pocket. Look at that. Yes, sir. Fantastic here. Let's rewind this. I mean, Joe Burrow, play action. Little bit pressured. Sidestep into the left. Stepping up in the middle. And then just finding the wide open receiver. Magnificent work there by Joe Burrow. Navigating the pocket. Keeping his eyes down the field. Fantastic. And then it, uh, the drive stalls in the red zone. And they have to settle for a field goal. 
All right, so Joe Burrow, you know, playing pretty good in his first drive. Then here we go, the defense. Oh, we get the Bengals defense on third and goal here by the Ravens. And the Ravens, ooh, fired in there. And we do see this, folks. We see the Bengals defense in the red zone in the first half. It's not as good as the defense in the second half. So, you know, that could be a prop bet for y'all. Obviously, there's tons of prop bets to bet on in the, in the Super Bowl. It's the biggest game. They come up with the craziest props and all that. And this isn't a crazy prop, but maybe uh, betting the Bengals to win the second half, that seems a little bit better because we see them kind of, you know, when they get scored on, it's really all coming for the first half. But that just speaks so well, folks, to this Bengals coaching staff in realizing what they need to fix in the changes. They actively make all the changes. This is the best halftime team that there is in the league folks so if the Rams are not winning big in the first half that's going to be a little alarming and we get live betting now a lot of states you can you know mobile bet live betting could be the play here in the Super Bowl Bengals down maybe 10 points in the first half but then you bet that live bet getting them probably at plus 10 at that point in the second half where they always lock it in lock it up and win the games in the second half that could be the big thing, folks. That could be the big play this week. Once again, we'll talk all through the props. We'll do that on probably Saturday show. We'll solidify our pick on Saturday show. Still need to do about two and a half more days of investigating to truly get all we can out of what we've seen all season. But, I, I, I mean, we, we see them getting scored upon in the second half. Touchdowns, or in the first half, touchdowns in the red zone here. And we've seen them lock up in the second half, so... All right, here it is. Just, uh, and this is not Lamar Jackson playing in this game, unfortunately. All right, next uh, drive here. Bengals running right up the middle. Joe Mixon, nice 20-yard rip right up the middle. Fantastic. Getting them inside the red zone on third and two. Joe Burrow, empty backfield. And look at that. Yeah, yeah, aggressive. He had the little check down here that would have picked up the third and two. Watch it again here. Watch the play. Just a simple out. And you've got 25, I believe that's 25, 26 open right there, right on the edge. But what does Joe Burrow do? He goes a little bit deeper because this is also open and he trusts his arm I mean this is a tight ball to fit this uh, tight window to fit this ball into folks in the red zone here and then you got this kind of triangle defense right on the boundary but he trusts Jamar Chase trusts his arm trusts his in instincts being aggressive here Joe Burrow cool as a cucumber cool Joe folks he's saying it his teammates are saying it the coaches are saying it so Joe Burrow the pressure is not going to be too big for him in the Super Bowl. I'm writing that narrative off, folks. The narrative that, oh, Joe Burrow doesn't have as much experience uh, that Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford have and all that. Matthew Stafford has no experience in the Super Bowl either. I know he has more experience overall because he's older here. But Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow has proven time and time again, the pressure does not phase him, folks. And we get this, like, new era of cold-blooded athletes, and I'm all here for it. We just heard of Patrick Mahomes. Remember, we, we spoke about the story, um, you know, weeks ago. When the divisional game happened against the Bills and, uh, you know, the heart rate of Patrick Mahomes came out because he was wearing one of those fitness rings, fitness trackers, and his blood, his heart rate, Patrick Mahomes' heart rate was higher when he was benched watching 
Josh Allen go on the field and his heart rate was lower when he was down having to go out on the field and get it done himself so Patrick Mahomes he lives for that thing he lives for those moments and I think Joe Burrow does as well we don't have the actual proof because nobody has found the data from his athletic ring that he wears I don't even know if he wears one but we just don't have the data of Joe Burrow being absolute cold as heck ice cold as heck when you know he's down and he's pressed to go down and score like he was last week against the Chiefs two weeks ago against the Chiefs when they were down 21 what was it 21-3 something like that so Joe Burrow always gonna be cool calm collected always gonna make the big throws and uh, you know go and trust his receivers that's a magnificent throw right on the sideline right there and it sets up fourth and goal being aggressive they hand it off to the back out of the backfield and that's gonna be a touchdown so I love that by the offensive play caller here by this Bengals team not just truly just focusing and relying on Joe Burrow to get it done fourth and goal from the two-yard line and they trust Joe Mixon to run it in up the middle for the touchdown so great believability here on every single player here all the weapons that they've got offensively folks I'm loving the Bengals folks I'm loving the Bengals plus four and a half here we're trying to keep the open mind folks but everything that we're seeing truly is pointing to the Bengals with the points here truly folks we we've we're trying to look at everything here folks we've gotten two weeks we've gone two weeks so far of truly just trying to find every piece of information that we can use to make the decision for us on what to bet this Sunday. But let's keep going here. The next drive, Joe Burrow, boom, right in stride, and he is gone. Who is that? Tyler Boyd. I mean, Joe Burrow sees it right in stride. Perfect, clean pocket. Boom, boom, 50 yards, 50 yards, gone, 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 fast speed. It's not just Jamar Chase. It's not just T. Higgins. They still got Tyler. Tyler Boyd, and then they've still got C.J. Uzama. There's playmakers here, folks. There's absolute big old playmakers here, and Joe Burrow has no problem going to whoever's open, folks. He doesn't just rely on one receiver to get it done, like a little bit of Cooper, or yeah, Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford. Yeah, he relies on Cooper Cup a lot. It's not only Cooper Cup, but you know, it's a lot of Cooper Cup over there. All right, here we go again. Bengals up 17-7 here. Joe Burrow at midfield in the second quarter. Let's rewind this one. Got a little wacky here. Here we go. Uh, nine minutes left. They're up 10-17-7. Joe Burrow on second and nine at midfield. Just dinking it down. And that's Jamar Chase. And we see him in the open space, folks. He is so quick. And he's athletic. And, it, and his acceleration is there. His start and stop. And there it is. Two yards. Uh, about four yards shy of that first down and what does he do he just keeps going keep going and going and going picking up the first down now in the red zone Joe Burrow dinking it down to Joe Mixon and Joe Mixon getting it done finding that open space and just kind of going head first diving into the end zone for the touchdown so don't forget about Joe Mixon here folks yes we all talk about Joe Burrow the great quarterback and Jamar Chase the fantastic wide receiver but Joe Mixon is a one tier one running back folks and you know everyone kind of expecting a big uh, explosive throwing game between these two quarterbacks what if we get the opposite slowing it down these running backs lower scoring game tighter game with the points folks yes 
Really, I'm not seeing it, folks. I'm I'm watching what y'all are saying. I just don't agree. I don't really agree at all on everybody that's with the Rams and saying the Rams are going to win dominatingly. I just can't really see any of it, folks. All right, here we go. Next uh, next little highlight here, we get the Bengals up 24-7, but the Ravens are in the red zone, second and one, with uh, a minute 44 left in the second quarter. So let's see, did this Bengals defense lock right back up in the red zone here? Here we go. They hand off the ball right up the middle. The legs keep on churning, and he crosses into the end zone here. So once again, a first half touchdown in the red zone given up by the Bengals defense. So Bengals defense, we know they lock it up. You know, when it starts to get crunch time and tight time, but we do know that they do give up some points there in, uh, you know, some red zone possessions in the first half. So that's going to be their ability to strike for the Rams. They're going to have to put up some points in the first half. Be aggressive in the first half if I'm Sean McVay, and we'll see how he does coaching and calling the game. We'll see if he takes advantage of this Bengals team in the first half. All right, right before halftime, Joe Burrow launching it deep. Ooh, man, oh, man, the pass. The pass is fantastic. I mean, this is double-covered as heck. But on third and 16, really got nothing to lose. A minute left in the first half. You throw up the jump ball, and your guy goes up and gets it, folks. T. Higgins, double-covered, tight as heck. But Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow trusting his receivers. We saw that yesterday, folks. I pointed out the play of him throwing in anticipation on the throw before the receiver even looks back towards the ball. Throws up the jump ball to T. Higgins because he trusts his playmakers big time. And these are tall players out here, folks. I mean, what do we got with uh, T. Higgins? T. Higgins, I want to say, is like 6'4", folks. He may even be 6'6". What do we got here? T. Higgins. T. Higgins is 6'4". Fantastic. Tyler Boyd, I want to say, is like 6'4 as well, folks. Let's get that up. I butchered this man's name. Butchered all the spelling. Every single word, I butchered it. But, hey, Google knows what we're talking about. Tyler Boyd, 6'2". And then what do we get with Jamar Chase? Is Jamar Chase 6'2 as well? Let's get that up quickly. And then I, I want to look up uh, Jalen Ramsey's height. We know Jalen Ramsey, you know, he, he's the best corner in the league. Absolutely. I've got no problem saying that. Uh, but, you know, he did give up that big one-on-one matchup to Mike Evans when it got into crunch time. That kind of kept the Bucks in it. Jamar Chase, only 6'1". Uh, but then let's get, um, who are we doing? Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey here. I want to say Jalen Ramsey's like 5'10", 5'11", classic corner height here. And we get, oh, wow, oh, damn, Jalen Ramsey, 6'1", sheesh, sheesh, okay, all right. So he's going to be able to, you know, you know, lock him up, but if he's on T. Higgins, eh, it's a little bit of a mismatch there. Mike Evans, 6'4", as well, you know, a little bit of a mismatch, able to win some matchups there. Throwing the deep ball, a little bit of 50-50 jump ball, did kind of get beat against Mike Evans in that game. Uh, so we'll see how Jalen Ramsey's does lock it up these great receivers and Joe Burrow targeting his receivers not being shy of whichever corner is on you know T Higgins or Jamar Chase throwing it in double covered but it, the pass is so good and you know we've seen Matthew Stafford take those shot plays uh OBJ double covered I mean not even no chance to even catch that ball and then the accuracy is why those 
balls, you know, were intercepted or should have been intercepted like we saw uh, uh, last week. Yeah, last week, NFC Championship game against the 49ers. Two weeks ago, I keep forgetting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, when, you know, the third quarter, fourth quarter comes around, whatever time it was, uh, where Matthew Stafford airs it out and the you know, 49ers cornerback drops the easy pick there because the ball was not accurate. You don't have to worry about that with Joe Burrow. The ball will be accurate. Those balls will either be completion by the receiver or an incomplete pass altogether. So a little bit of a, a better, uh, a little bit of a uh, green, more green flag uh, for Joe Burrow in that regard. If he's throwing up 50-50 balls, Joe Burrow's got the better overall accuracy than Matthew Stafford on those. So... Oh, man, I'm loving everything about the Bengals. I'm about to lock it in right now, folks. I know I said we were about to late till Saturday, but every time I start talking about it, I just I, I just love the Bengals so gosh damn much. I'm like, we're seeing everything. They're the real deal. They're just as good as the, as the Rams are. I don't understand why the Rams are getting so much more attention and so much more love overall because they've got some big names on defense. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. All the games have been close. <laughs> all the games have been close in the playoffs. Same thing with the Bengals. So, so I don't give me that one defense is so much better than the others. One has a lot of more star names. I understand that. But this Bengals defense, they're just as good defensively. They get it done. They lock up. All right, here we go. Joe Burrow in the red zone. And once again, bingo, bingo, one-on-one matchup. T. Higgins, he sees it immediately. Let's see if he threw this one with anticipation. Let's quickly see. It's going to be an out route at the top. Joe Burrow, no, this ball is coming back. It's a nice zig route. That's a nice zig route right there. Wow, wow. Uh, by T. Higgins. And he beats the corner, gets that separation. Joe Burrow puts it right on him. And that's a touchdown in the red zone for Joe Burrow right before halftime to go up 31-14. to Joe Burrow, look at the accuracy. Bingo, bango out in front. Yes, sir, not behind. No chance at a breakup. No chance at an interception. Alrighty, and then they go up 31 to 14, and then after halftime in the third quarter, we get nothing. We get no highlights besides and uh, a field goal attempt. So now the Bengals are up 34 to 14. Start of the fourth quarter here. What do we got to end out these highlights? Joe Burrow, you got anything last second for us? Defense got anything last second for us? Defense in the red zone here for the Bengals, and oh no, they give it up. Oh no, our narrative is crumbling that they lock up 100% in the red zone in the second half. They get Tyler Huntley dropping all the way back and just, man, oh, man, lobbed it up there. That's perfect touch on that ball to the tight end. Uh, who's their tight end? Mark Andrews. There it is. Um, so that's a touchdown there. That's a great ball. Man, oh, man, that defense was just, just a little bit out of position. Man, oh, man, that's an absolute pinpoint throw right there. Cannot get any better than it, and it just beats the Bengals defense by an inch. So this is what it's going to take to beat the Bengals defense in the red zone in the second half. Matthew Stafford must be absolutely on the money. And, you know, we've seen a little bit of throws by this man, especially in the red zone, a little bit behind. That's why we got the interception, uh, you know, last week against the 49ers in the red zone because the ball was behind the receiver and it pops up. So. So, you know, you're going to have to be 100% pinpoint accurate here in the red zone like we just saw from Tyler Huntley to beat this Bengals defense. So is Matthew Stafford up to the task? It's going to be tough. I know he can do it. We've, we know he can do it. But will he be able to do it, folks? That's going to be it. How well does Matthew Stafford execute?
Next highlight here, we get Joe Burrow in the red zone. And once again, just firing confidently. Going to T. Higgins again. One-on-one -on -one matchup here. And, uh, you know, Rams defense, if you're learning anything, you better not single cover anybody in the red zone because Joe Burrow, you're going to have to play zone. You're going to have to play zone defense in the red zone or Joe Burrow will pick you apart. He will find that one-on-one -on -one matchup and he will sling it regardless of who it is. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. One-on-one -on -one, uh, matchup, back shoulder fade in the corner of the end zone or a slant route on the one-on-one -on -one matchup in the front of the end zone. It doesn't matter. He will sling that ball in. Now we get this Bengals defense. There it is. There it is. Approaching the red zone. Three and a half minutes left, and there's the big pick by Bell, number 24. This team comes up with big picks in big time spots here. End of game, second halves, all of that. That's when this defense thrives, and then we get Joe Burrow absolutely launching this one to Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, the running back, one-on-one -on -one matchup, absolutely destroying his matchup corner uh, deep down the field, like 30 yards down the field, 40 yards down the field, and Joe Burrow slings it. These receivers, Joe Burrow, he will throw to anybody one-on-one. -on -one. He does not care. And this one's absolutely on the money. And Joe Swaggy Burrow, ice cold Joe Burrow right here with just a little shrug like, what do you want me to do? It was open. You don't want me to throw that ball? Come on. I know there's two minutes left and we're up, you know, 20 points, but I'm going to take the shot. A shooter's got to shoot. And Joe Burrow is an absolute shooter out here, folks. How do you not bet on the kid? How how do we not bet on the kid this week, folks? Tell me that. Riddle me that. Because I'm betting on the mother-loving kid, folks. I think I'm ready. Let me take uh, uh, We're not going to lock in our official pick yet, folks. We will wait till Saturday. But I may lock this in now. Let me get Bengals winning the second half. What is this at? Halves. First half, second half. Bengals plus two and a half points in the second half. That's what I want to lock in right now. Lock it in. Bengals plus two and a half points for the second half. I love that. That I love. I also love the Bengals, you know, plus four for the entire game. So prop bets, folks. There's tons of them. We'll go a little bit more in depth on Saturday show and seeing all the ones that we love. But I'm loving right now Bengals plus two and a half points for the second half. Spread in the second half, two and a half points for the Bengals. I love that. That's what we will lock in right now. I will not wait. I will not wait. I will not wait for this value to drop anymore. Give me the two and a half with the Bengals in the second half. I love that. Absolutely. They get it done in the second half. They play their best football defensively in the second half. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. We got to get out of here. Truly apologize. But we're back tomorrow live, noon Eastern, our regular time for a full show, an hour and 40. We can go two hours if we need to. If the, uh, if the, I don't know what I wanted to say there. Um, but we will be back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, for a longer show. We'll go two hours. That's what we were going to say. We'll go two hours if, uh, you know, we need to break down more film and all that. Uh, but uh, we'll watch more film tomorrow. We'll go to Matthew Stafford's best offensively statistic game. We'll watch uh, Joe Burrow again against the Titans, getting sacked nine times. Uh, because once again, that's the big story. We'll watch. We'll uh, talk it all through. All right, what do we got? We got any more? We got any more trades? Uh, what do we got here? From uh, Woj, the Spurs, who are trading for Toronto's Goran Dragic, are expected to negotiate a contract buyout with Dragic. All right, so what was the trade? Here's the trade. Oh, my God. The Clippers are signing Serge Ibaka 
Alright, alright, alright. Right. The Clippers are trading Serge Ibaka to Milwaukee in a four-team... Oh my god, I love that. A four-team deal. Here we go. Bucks get Serge Ibaka in two second-round picks in cash? Oh my god. Serge Ibaka for this Bucks team is a huge pickup. He can hit the three. He's a big. They're missing Brooke Lopez. Serge Ibaka to the Bucks. Oh my gosh. What a what a pickup. Clippers get Rodney Hood and Semi Ulige. So Clippers getting a little bit deeper with, once again, some big role players there. Solid pickups. Kings get Dante. Oh my god, the Bucks traded Dante DiVincenzo. Wow, wow. So the Kings get Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. The Kings, folks, the Kings. Are, I got to apologize to the Kings. I thought that was a dumb trade that they did, but they are getting more pieces. Dante DiVincenzo, another guard here. We know the Kings have a ton of guards, but you know, bench guards. We'll take it. Oh, my God, the Kings. Are the Kings true contenders now? How crazy is this? What do we got with this Kings team? They're currently 12th in the Western Conference, so tons of ground to make up, but they could definitely do it with their squad that they're assembling. And then the last team here in the four-team trade gets Marvin Bagley the third. So I think the absolute winners are absolutely the Bucks and the Kings. Wow, wow, wow. All right, and the Raptors are trading Goran Dragic to the Spurs for Thaddeus Young. So Raptors getting Thaddeus Young. Oh, wow, that's a great pickup as well. Raptors getting better. Another big man coming up the bench here. So Siakam can stop playing the five for a few minutes. Thaddeus Young, we love him. We loved what we saw last year from him. He was an active six-man-of-the-year candidate all throughout the season here. So, wow, wow, wow. I'm loving what I'm hearing. These trades, these are some good trades, folks. These aren't blockbuster, you know, trading LeBron for James Harden or James Harden for somebody else. But uh, these are solid role players that are truly going to help out these teams, all these teams, uh, try and get into the playoffs. Wow, these trades are great. Wow. All right. Uh, are those the only trades so far? I think those were the only two trades so far here. And once again, we got about another three hours for the trades to get done. Alrighty, folks, that is going to do it for us today. We're back live tomorrow noon Eastern doing it all again. We'll recap all the trades that happen in, uh, while we are not live, but back live tomorrow noon Eastern, another look at uh, some film needed to make our decision for Super Bowl Sunday. Alrighty, folks, we are going to get out of here. We're going to go four for four, folks. We are going to be Wendy's tonight. Four for four. Oh, my God, we got another trade. We got another trade here. The Hornets and Spurs have discussed P.J. Washington, K. Jones, and the inclusion of a first-round pick for Jacob Podol. The Hornets get Jacob Podol for P.J. Washington. I don't know if I love that. So that's not that did not go down. That's a report, a potential rumor that may get ironed out here. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, who did we just say? Uh, Hornets potentially trying to get Jacob Podol another big. Once again, Mason Plumlee, where you know we've been actively trying to get them another big here. But I don't know if Jacob Podol is the guy. We'll see. Alrighty, folks, uh, we are back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, but we are going to try and go four for four, four for four. What do we got? Uh, four more picks tonight. Jeez Louise. Uh, so we could be going 12 of 12 over the last four days, folks. Call us Wendy's. We are four for four. Alrighty, folks, we are going to get out of here. Have a great one. Make a little bit of money tonight in the NBA, and we will see you tomorrow.